Hello and welcome to Life of the School, episode 120. Hello, my name is Aaron Matthew and I'm a biology teacher from Massachusetts and on Life of School podcast, I like to sit down with some fellow life science teachers and talk about what's going on in biology classrooms. But for this episode, we are celebrating the fifth anniversary of the Life of the School podcast. So uh, joining me to do this celebration, uh, we're going to be joined. Uh, we're starting off with our, our first goofy question uh, with uh, Lee Ferguson from Texas. Welcome, Lee. Hello. Hello, hello. And so, Lee, my question is on, on this is to say, you know, if you could interview one person, living or dead, who would it be? So this is always a hard question to answer. So mm -hmm. I sat and I thought about it for a little bit. I'm like, I'm going to go with John Dewey. Um, because <laughs> when I got introduced to Dewey back in undergrad in my education classes, I was like, this dude knows what's up. He knows that this is what school is supposed to be like, that it's supposed to be, you know, education for life and, you know, to teach kids practical things that they can use in their actual lives outside of school. And this is what an education is for. <laughs> and so I am a huge John Dewey fan. So I would totally fangirl over him if he were still living today. Yeah. I, I would be curious if you could share with him what like state testing looks like. So John, how do you feel about state testing? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure he would not be down for any kind of testing actually <laughs> state or otherwise. <laughs> All right. And joining us from Arizona is Tanea Hibbler. Welcome Tanea. Hola, hola, hola. <laughs> All right. So uh, you literally made me guffaw out loud while I was reading you type in your answer. But who should, who would you interview? <laughs> so, yeah, I was really struggling um, with coming up with this answer because I kept thinking, well, there's a lot of people who are currently like alive who are really inspirational. And then I kept thinking, well, maybe I could go back and in, in, in time and find like some black person who could talk about their experiences and maybe it would be offer something that could, you know, give me hope or inspiration for the future or, you know, and then I was like, well, I don't know. There's been a lot of, there's just so, too many historical people. And then I thought, okay, well, Jesus, right? Like <laughs> I, I'm not one of those people who um, I work at a Catholic school. I worked at a, a Lutheran school before that. Um, I'm not Catholic. I'm, I don't even consider myself super religious, but obviously like, I'm at school, I'm, I pray, I go to mass, and um, I try to be the best person I can be, right? But, like, I have a lot of questions for Jesus <laughs> <laughs> about, um, like, I would like to know what, like, well, <laughs> like, Jesus just left and didn't come back, and there's a lot of problems <laughs> in this world, right? <laughs> and um, I, I would like to know what Jesus uh, would think about religion now like you know how religious institutions are making progress or or if if he would think that they are making progress if he would if he would be if he was on this earth right now would be he be a person who was like fighting for justice and trying to change the world and shift um the world in a different way um or not i would i would just be really curious what what jesus would be like present day you know 2021 yeah even like through a pandemic, it would, to me, that would be like super fascinating. And 
it probably would be like a, at least like a three-day conversation <laughs> or interview, right? It couldn't be like a one-hour interview. Maybe a mini-series on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. A docu-series It'd on be cool. Netflix. It'd be like that uh, Bruce Springsteen Obama podcast. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Tanea, a Tanea. Jesus podcast. Yeah, the Tanea oh, and man. Jesus podcast. <laughs> <laughs> limited limited podcast series yes. but yes um yeah i was i was like i was it, when you typed it in because it was like the first word she typed in was i don't know and then the next words were maybe jesus and i like literally guffawed out loud because i saw her typing it in the doc and i was like i was like what is she doing but it was i i heard it and i thought about it and i was like oh that's interesting i could think a lot of different things and I also thought about a lot of barriers. Like, I don't know how good your Aramaic is, uh, but, um, <laughs> but, but anyway, it was, uh, it was, I was Can fascinated. we get a translator? Yeah, we need a translator. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be Tanea. It'll be, uh, uh, <laughs> we get somebody who can know some Aramaic in there. Yeah, we'll be good. It'll be good. All right. Well, I, I similarly had a journey as well. I, I thought a lot, a lot of different people. I thought about, um, you know, historical figures. I thought about like all the jazz musicians who saw so much in the, in the, you know, 20th century. Um, I, I like, like I almost went, I almost went Billie Holiday. I really got, and Billie Holiday, if I wasn't going to go sort of sciencey, I was going to go Billie Holiday um, because man, she saw some stuff. Um, <laughs> and, and just, just the way she was, you know, um, her fat life was so fascinating, but I actually, um, especially this year, have thought a lot about Rosalind Franklin um, because I think I I put on Rosalind Franklin a lot of ideas about what I think she thought, but I don't really know. Like I don't know what her perspective was fighting against the the patriarchy of science doing her work, and and it, I would be so fascinated. And you know, she she did not live a life long enough to really ever get a public voice, um, and so these men who stole all of her work. Uh, got the Nobel prize after she was dead and then published books that sort of, you know, dismissed her and she didn't have a voice in all of that. And I would, I'd love to hear her, her perspective on, you know, what went down and, and how everything was going. And in a lot of ways, you know, she's, she, she strikes me as a careful, cautious scientist who did science the right way, who knew that an extraordinary claim really needed to be thoughtfully measured and have a lot of great evidence and wasn't going to just put out an idea prematurely um, and, and throw it out there because she felt so much was on the, on the line. And that was why she had yet to publish that work um, (laughs) that was shown behind her back. And uh, yeah, I would just, I would love to hear her perspective and um, get insight and share, share her thoughts with the world. I think that would be great. So yeah, I talk a lot about famous women in science and go, gosh, you know, the, the, the language that they have. I often use the example of um, Lynn Margolis uh, at UMass because I, I, I actually knew Lynn. Um, I, I took a class with her um, and I worked in her and, and Lynn was difficult. She was a very outspoken, challenging woman. But I now think back to the way people talked about her when I was in school and I... Uh, you know, 19, 20, 21, um, did not see the misogyny in the way she was described in any way, shape or form. Um, and the way she was characterized in that department and by her, you know, just by the world as being difficult, which by the way, she was, she was a strong headed, outspoken, loud, like, (laughs) like she, she was all of that. But I think that was the nature of how she had to get her work out. 
because if she did not shout her words, her words would not be listened to. And I now look back at her in her time and place and what she had to fight against to get her work out. And I realized the dilemma that somebody like Rosalind Franklin would have had. Um, so it makes you wonder, like, if you could pull together just different female scientists from different eras, like, for example, like Marie Curie, <laughs> Rosalind Franklin. Um, what was the woman who discovered the primary structure of insulin? I can't remember her name. Oh, um, yeah. Gerda something, I think. Right. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember her name. Um, Margolis maybe even Barbara McClintock mm -hmm. and then like uh, Charpentier and, and Doudna, right? Mm -hmm. How cool would it be to be able to sit them in a room and have them all talk about like the perspective of women in science and how much it's changed, right? In the last hundred years, I guess would be the best, well, maybe 150 years. Um, you know, the, 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 I think that conversation would be so just, incredible to listen to if it could exist you know I think it would be really neat to see to hear what their perspectives are on like you said like how hard it was to get their voices heard and to get you know their work recognized for what it is you know as being revolutionary in science you know because I think that we can all agree that everything that each one of those women did you know basically opened up a new paradigm in science Right. I mean, you're talking about the discovery of genetic material, the discovery of radioactivity, you know, the discovery of the structure of a hormone. <laughs> and now here's let's let's edit, you know, you carry out how eukaryotes came to be and now how we can edit genomes, you know, which, um, you know, if you remember from the last chapter of that book that we're reading recipes in science mm. you know don't they don't they say in the last chapter because i get to talk about this tomorrow night <laughs> that all scientific revolutions are preceded by some paradigm shift right and it just seems like to me that each one of them you know discovered something that i think led to that led to that shift that the authors of that book are talking about yeah well and and they also they sort of put up the fact that there has to be a willingness for they, basically, you have to poke holes in the existing paradigm. Like the paradigm, the existing paradigm has to be shown to have flaws. And and there's a lot of people who have investment in whatever system that you, whatever current system is accepted and is held up. There's a lot of people who are invested in that system, um, and mm -hmm. that goes in both science and outside of science. Obviously, it's it's a that's a big broad uh, term, and and so there's a lot of it's hard to fight against that. It's just hard to, yeah. it's hard to get people to accept. Well, and I think when you're a woman, it's even yeah. harder, you yeah. know, I mean, it's gotten, I would say it's gotten only marginally easier. I mean, because otherwise if it had become very easy, I think you'd see a lot more women in science, you know, with PhDs, but there's just not, you know, across all disciplines, not just in the life sciences, because, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of us who are PhD scientists, but we're life scientists. We're not in, not necessarily in chemistry, not necessarily in physics. You know, they're mostly life scientists, mm. you know, that are, that are female. So at least that's my, you know, what I've gathered is that a lot of life scientists that hold PhDs are, well, let me, let me rephrase that. A lot of women who have doctorates in the sciences are life scientists. Mm. 
All right. Well, so. what's obviously sparked this question for me was the fact that, you know, five years ago, I, for whatever reason, uh, decided I was just going to call up a bunch of biology teachers and uh, <laughs> interview them for what I thought was going to be 45 minutes and turned out to pretty much consistently be 90 minutes um, almost every <laughs> every time I had the conversation um, and 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 sort of asked them what they what they thought and, and that sort of thing. And so um you know, the panel. And, uh, you know, we, we hope Ryan may join us. I don't know that he's going to join us for this episode. Hopefully he's able to join us uh, for the next episode. And he did do his homework. So I may share his, uh, his thoughts uh, as we go forward. Um, but uh, these, I do, I, this year I had a panel of three people who I did that. I just, you know, I, I, I had no established relationship with any of you <laughs> before I did this. And, um, you know, I reached out and and asked you if you'd come on and you all agreed for whatever reasons. And so uh, I want to start with the question is, uh, do you have any memory of what it was like to be a guest on the episode? And Lee, I'll start with you. You were episode 15 uh, back in the day. Uh, what was your thought? Wow, that's early. Yeah. So we were in Milwaukee, right? When we recorded. So that was actually our the... sec- that was our second in- uh, that was our second recording. I We did a full episode. Was it? Yeah, we did a full episode. Before oh my that. god <laughs> okay so i don't even remember how do you not remember oh, i don't even know i mean it was a long time ago apparently yeah <laughs> for some reason i remember the one in milwaukee a lot well, better well we were face guess- in milwaukee and we spent the week yeah. together in milwaukee but the reason right. that the reason that we walked into that room and knew each other was because was I was because of the first episode. That's right. Okay. Well, I mean, my answer is still the same, though. I mean, I remember you asked me, hey, would you be interested in doing this? And I'm like, well, yeah. I was going to say, you want me to talk about school? Hell yes, I'll record with you. <laughs> yeah. Because I can always talk about school. My problem is I don't know when to shut up. <laughs> you know? Because I could talk about school and all the things that I perceive to be wrong with it, but all the ways I think you could fix it. If you just gave me the platform and, you know, unlimited time. And so, you know, anytime I have an opportunity to do that is, is a good opportunity, I think. So I'm going to have to, I'll have to go and dig out the show notes for the Milwaukee episode. Cause yes, you were on that one and that was live. But before that, um, we did an episode uh, Mm -hmm. back in, um, uh, it was episode 15. It was one of my, again, one of my earliest ones. And my memory of that one was distinctly because I had a, you were one of those early episodes that was like, we didn't know each other, but it was super easy. And mm-hmm. I remember like looking down yes. and it was like, I was like on like my second or third question. I looked down and we had been recording for 75 minutes. It was like one of those kind of, it was, oh like, like, it was like one of those kind of things. And I, and I cut, and I cut 25 minutes out of, of that oh, episode. Wow. Like I cut out to get it down to like an 80 minute episode. Like I cut oh, it at wow. least out of that. So, so yeah, I released that episode. On January 16th, 2017, um, we recorded it. Oh my gosh, that was a really long time ago then. We recorded it <laughs> over December break. So that December break, I recorded. So that like, in 2016. Holy yeah, cow. So December of 2016, I recorded with like six different people over that. So I recorded with you. Um, I, I recorded, I think Paul Anderson and I recorded over that break. I think I recorded with um, mm-hmm. with Paul Strode back then. But like I locked up like a whole bunch. I basically got a whole bunch of people and I recorded like my January episodes, my February episodes, like I recorded a whole bunch of episodes over that December break. And it made like my life super easy in the spring because I had, you know, like six episodes in the can or five episodes in the can. And then I 
it was less stressful. I literally had to get like one guest a month kind of thing to get out to the end of the school year. Right. Because I had loaded in a bunch. So yes. No, Lee, it's, I'm glad to know that it was, uh, it was so long ago that you don't remember me calling you out of the blue to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. So. <laughs> well, and as I was saying, I, and I had a lot of other stuff that happened in the years subsequent to that. So, oh, absolutely, so yeah. there's probably a good reason why I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but it was fun. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and so, uh, Ryan was next in the, in the episodes and he was episode 38. Um, and he said that he remembered wondering why anyone would want to interview him. Um, <laughs> and he said, things have changed so much since that interview. Uh, he wondered what his responses, you know, if his, any of his responses would change. And I have a feeling that knowing him and a lot of conversations we've had over the last couple of years, he would. Um, but I also remember Ryan had just done the CDC, um, the CDC ambassadors program mm -hmm. and the fellowship, so, right? Yeah. That fellowship. Yeah. And so we like, and I'm a old school CDC fanboy. like even before the CDC was cool, even before Michelle Walensky took over. Um, like I, I was, you know, I was a fanboy of, of CDC from before that. So we geeked out in our love of, of CDC. All right. And um, Tanea, Tanea was episode 61. I have, I have very distinct memories of, of, of Tanea, the stalking of Tanea at NABT in San Diego, the, the tracking her down, getting her on the episode. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> today what was it what were your memories about what it was like to be a guest on the episode i remember just thinking oh, this is so cool somebody wants to talk to me like <laughs> and on a podcast right um but then i i listened back to my episode and i think about like my personal experiences and my upbringing maybe i've had experiences that are so different from maybe some people or maybe some of the podcast listeners or other teachers. And so I, I was, and I had done a, a different podcast um, as well for AMTA. And I started to, to think like, I wonder if people really understand that when I talk, I am really trying to be this genuine and vulnerable person and be open. It's not always easy, but I think it, by doing that, I hopefully can shed light on um, issues that exist within education. But at the same time, I've heard people say to me, like in 2021 or 2020, that, oh, I didn't know the things that Black people were experiencing, like now to this day in America. And so sometimes I think maybe people think I'm just like making things up or I'm being this super dramatic person when I talk about challenges or you know I've, I've mentioned like being homeless when I was um, younger and things like that um, so I, I I'm very curious I think it'd be in, nice to hear people who've listened to the podcast uh, to, to hear how they responded to it right um, is it easy for people um, to hear something that they can't relate to and still have empathy for a person. Can can I can you hear something that you know that doesn't really kind of you don't connect with or you don't understand, but still internalize what someone's saying and then really um, use that to like shift your thought process or your your teaching practices. And so I would be curious to to know how people responded to it. I hope people. Um, got something positive out of mm. it. You know, that's my hope. And I hope that anytime that I talk that people feel like 
I'm not, um, I'm always trying to grow myself. And so I'm not trying to be critical, but I'm more trying to like engage in conversation. So I hope that's how people took it. Like we as educators are trying to engage in these conversations mm-hmm. and talk about experiences so we can make education better. But sometimes I wonder, like, I don't know. I hope I'm not being like typecast as that angry <laughs> black woman. But sometimes I think I am. Well, and and the answer to the question is I get remarkably little feedback um, <laughs> about the episodes, um, <laughs> uh, except for, you know, a, a couple of people who, you know, I've known for a long time. And I, by, and I have heard from, uh, you know, uh, uh, David Knufke, for example, who has been on the episodes a few different times. And he, he commented early in the year that he loved the format that we did this year, like having a panel of teachers. And he was like a super, you know, he was like, it's great. The, you know, diverse teaching experiences, diverse personal histories, having these conversations about what's in the classroom is, is powerful. And, um, and I, 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 you know, that's sort of the way I've taken it um, as well, but it's ironic because, you know, you talked about it, my distinct memory of like when I was thinking about like without looking it up, without re-listening to the episode, what was the thing that was it? I I think for me, my my nature, even though we've lived as different lives as two people could have lived, uh, me being you know this you know middle class white boy from Massachusetts, and you growing up in Berkeley, <laughs> and our parents looking very different and coming from different his, his stories, histories and all that was, I remembered you talking about celiac and the, the, the path that you went to and like not getting diagnosed and going through that process and my mother's celiac. And so the, my, my memory of you was like, Oh, that connection, the, the struggles that you went through was so much like my mother and you were, and we had a conversation as like, you know, is it, you know, is it racism that led you to struggle so long? And I was like, no, no, it could have very well been sexism that led you to struggle for so long to get a diagnosis. And that, you know, that my, but I, I remember for me, there was, there's a, so much of the story that you tell, whether it's in that episode or all this year, as you've been sharing vulnerably so much that I've so appreciated, um, the way you talk about your experience is enormously relatable to me. Um, and maybe that's just because I am bizarre and I am weird and I find a way to do that. But I don't think that's the case. I think that I think that the way you communicate your experience is very inviting and welcomes people in. Um, and I don't, you know, does not like angry is not a word that comes to mind. To me, it's very inviting and very open and vulnerable, which I, I, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's been awesome for me. Um, and whether anybody else has appreciated it, I've. I've learned to question so much about the world around me as we've had these conversations and you've drawn me into this reflective process. So, you know, that I can only speak from my own experience um, safely. I, I, I still appreciate hearing that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So I I think I hit all of my, my stories as I I hit them in as we were going through there. Um, Yeah. All of you, it's it's great because I, I, Lee, you're cracking me up that you don't remember that. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. I'm just like, wait a minute, what? I mean, I, I actually did go back and look at the show notes because mm-hmm. I clicked on it. I was like, is that what I talked about? Oh, okay. And for some reason, I'm conflating the two different episodes with one another in my yeah. mind. Because I'm like, did I talk about that when we were in Milwaukee? I don't remember talking about that. Yeah, it's been I, a long five years. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in Milwaukee, I pulled together, like, because I talked to two of the people from MSOE and for you. 
And we like, so you, our conversation mm-hmm. in Milwaukee was like a 20 minute recording. Now, mind you, we talked for like, I don't know, like yeah, it was really 45 hours. We talked for like 45 hours in Milwaukee together because <laughs> we sat at a back table during well, that workshop. Because we were lab partners all week long. <laughs> was saying we were partners all week long. Yeah. Imagine that, Tanea. So. You're, you're running a workshop and Lee and I are in the back corner of the room. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were troublemakers, weren't we might you? Have been. <laughs> and and we be- might have laughed a little too loud yeah. <laughs> at and, some point. And being at a workshop with Lee is like, are you are you that Lee Ferguson? Um, <laughs> she did. I I did hear somebody come up and say, "Are you that Lee Ferguson?" to her, and I was like, "I love it. I love it when that happens." <laughs> well, and it's funny because like. There were some other teachers in that room that had either known me from like the Facebook groups or from my website or from Twitter. And so when Aaron says, you know, whenever I go places and people are like, are you that Lee Ferguson? Yes, that's me. I've gotten used to that because the first time it happened, it freaked me out. Like I was at an NABT conference and I think it was in Cleveland, actually, um, And I remember I was walking away from registration and these two women were legit stalking me. (laughs) And I turned around because I felt eyes on me and I turned, because you ever, have you ever had that feeling like you're walking somewhere and you feel somebody staring a hole through your back? (laughs) Well, that's what this was like. And I turned around and they're like, are you Lee Ferguson? Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I'm just like, I'm just a teacher, just like you. <laughs> Can we take a picture with you? And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> yes, it's really me. You can touch my hand if you don't believe it. <laughs> I'm used to it now. <laughs> it's not so weird now. Yeah, but it's it's it's, it's just it still amazes me. I'm like, I'm just a normal human being, just like you. <laughs> Well, that's like when I meet somebody and I tell them I have a podcast and they're like, oh yeah, I know I've listened to it. And I was like, you have, um, and, and, and mind you, there's been over 60,000 listens over five years. Like it's, you know, it's, I average 500 listeners an episode and, and some of them have had a ton of listens and some have had very few, but you know, I average about, you know, more than 500 listens per episode over the five years I've been doing this. Um, so it should not surprise me. This is a niche podcast. If I'm at a conference with biology teachers, the odds of running into a biology teacher who has listened to the podcast should be big. Like that is the place. Like, no, if I was at like, I don't know, like a, like a stockbroker's convention. No, nobody there has ever heard of the podcast. <laughs> but if I'm at NABT, yes, there should be some people who have heard of it, you know? Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I, so I, you know, it's funny, like this is one of those things that you learn and you learn this as a teacher. When I wrote this question into the show notes, I had something in mind and I shorthanded it. And then you all three answered it in a totally different way. Um, <laughs> which is, uh, I wrote Gee, the just question. like students. It is. Yeah. You guys were a hundred percent students. I learned from you. I had thought like, what were some of your aha moments from being on the podcast over the last year? Uh, but you all three read it exactly differently. So you all read it of like, the teaching in the pandemic year. And my answer was like, damn it, children, we already had that episode. Like, what is wrong with you? Why did all three of my kids here respond the wrong way? Um, but you know what? I didn't model an answer and I was vague in my answer. So I'm going to have to accept all of these answers for credit. I'm going to call mark all of these as complete and we're just going to move on. Uh, <laughs> 
But well, maybe it was how the question was it's, phrased. It's a hundred percent operator <laughs> error by the teacher. Uh, yes, hundred percent the teacher's error. Uh, as I said, I live. This is the life I live. I, I chose this life, and and so I am I am accustomed to this. I, 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 did this recently. I actually do it less on, I do it more on the podcast than I do it in real life because I'm way more experienced teaching teenagers <laughs> than writing po- podcast uh, notes for adults. So, uh, so the question is, uh, do you have any favorite aha moments from the past year? And I guess we'll open this up to either in the classroom or on the podcast. So Tanea, what were some of your aha moments from this past year? Okay. So I'm going to answer this, I guess, um, twice <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> for... For my students, <laughs> um, relate. I'll just say relationships matter really quickly. Like, if if anything, if I get to the end of the year and I haven't been this perfect teacher, I realize that the kids um, this year have been very appreciative, many of them in so many ways. And so those relationships that I'm building throughout the year, whether it's been ups or downs, those relationships truly matter. And with the podcast, I'd say that... Um, the relationships for the adults matter too. You guys like being able to engage in conversation with other people who are also teaching similar courses as me, um, people who are working through the same challenges, the pandemic, the, the mass, the distancing, the school closures, and hearing like how you guys are still like, being these wonderful amazing teachers and you're helping your students to grow just to be in like company (laughs) with you guys it it's really 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 inspirational um and it makes me want to be a better teacher and there are so many days where I'm like oh I want to do what they did I want to be a good teacher still even though there's a pandemic going on and so I just want to say thank you that's my awe moment. Relationships matter. Yeah, that's a good one. How about you, Lee? What what are what are sort of your takeaways? That is like, let's say that's a great way to sum it up. Yeah, I think um, you know because I wrote it. I I was that kid that didn't answer the question as as you wanted me to, <laughs> um, and I wrote about how you know I had the student that beginning of the year wanted to drop my class you know she's like this is so hard and I don't know if I can do this you know full of self-doubt and you know I, I pulled her aside and she's one of my remote students and I and I said hey why don't we set up a time to talk and you know we did and I talked with her and and you know convinced her that staying in the class was the right thing to do at the end of the semester I emailed her and said hey you know I just want you to know how proud of you I am you've worked really hard you've done such a great job blah 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 um, you know, because she did, she, this kid busted her butt all first semester. And so she writes me back, oh my gosh, Mrs. Ferguson, you made me cry. You know, thank you so much for telling me this. I'm so glad I stayed. Well, then second semester, I got to meet her, um, in person, you know, unfortunately it was in a memorial service for another student. Um, and we spoke for a little bit and, and it was, it was funny because I said to her, I said, can I hug you? You know, because now it's kind of like a, hey, are you vaccinated? I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I want to, I don't want to get too close to you. And then at that point, I had been vaccinated. She's like, oh yes, yes, yes. And we were outside because the memorial was outside. And, and so I gave her a hug and I said, well, you know, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Blah 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 blah. We get to the end of the year, at just this past week, and she wrote me this really lovely email about how, 
you know, thank you so much for believing in me and, and never giving up on me and, you know, encouraging me. And, and I'm going to Jordan this summer to visit my mom who she hadn't seen in two years, which was just blew my mind that, that you could go that long without seeing a parent. And I said, is, you know, and she asked me, is there anything that I can bring you (laughs) from there? (laughs) And uh, never having been to Jordan, I said, you know what? Surprise me. I said, I've never been there. I said, you know, the culture, you know, the customs, you surprise me, you know, and, and just don't tell me what it is. Just surprise (laughs) me. And, and so, you know, with that one kid, just even just that small push at the beginning of the year and then the constant encouragement, I was like, okay, you know, I can do this with all of my kids. And I do, I try, I really do. But with this child, you know, she was just so unsure of herself, you know, we need to take the time to, to reach out to those kids in our classes that might not feel so confident about their abilities and, and let them know, Hey, you know, I really think that you can do this. I really, really do. Um, you know, and, and so I would just say, you know, kind of to echo what Tanea said, you know, relationships do really matter. And, and, you know, in, in thinking about this podcast, I looked so forward every time, you know, forward to getting together with you all every time we got to, you know, every time we got to record, because I'm like, oh, yay, I get to sit down and talk with my people. (laughs) And, you know, because this is the closest I've gotten to the normal, like spending time at conferences and professional developments and all of that, because all that got taken away, you know, with this pandemic in the last year and four months. And so to me, and for me, rather, this opportunity to to get to sit and chat with you all and learn from you all has replaced that. And I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so, so grateful for that. So Aaron, thank you <laughs> for, you know, inviting us to, to share this time together every few weeks, just yeah. because, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but that, you know, the fact that I get to see my friends at professional, you know, at professional conferences and stuff like that a few times throughout the year is one of the things I love most about teaching is I get to see, I get to see my friends. I get to learn with my friends. I get to laugh with my friends and I haven't gotten to do that um, as much as I would have liked. And so this was for me, the replacement of that. And I'm, I'm super thankful that, that we had this opportunity to do that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I could mirror it. And I've, I've said this to you folks, uh, the, the group of you, I I didn't know how I was going to do this podcast. Like I couldn't figure out. Um, and I think you, you three probably have a little bit more of an inkling as to the work I put in behind the scenes um, <laughs> this year that I do show mm-hmm. prep and that. So you have to imagine that, but you also then have to figure out that I normally, I usually have about a 50% acceptance rate on podcast guests. So that means I have to go out and I have to find a list of people who could be good guests, then contact them and then play a dance and then organize and find a recording time and do all that. And I'm doing that multiple times a month on top of teaching. And the reality is, is as I was staring at this upcoming, you know, when I was sitting last summer, I was like, there's no way I can do this because, you know. Heck, Lee doesn't even remember being on the podcast. I should have just asked Lee again. Hey, would you like to be a full on a, on a full episode <laughs> every month? So that five years later, I can be like, no, I don't remember that. I should have just gone back and said, who has a really bad memory? Who did I interview in year one? Uh, 
<laughs> but 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 in all honesty, like it is, it's hard to it's hard to do that. And the fact is, is that um, all all three of you are great about uh, you know I, again. I think t- both the the phrases that you've hit, Tanea, the idea of vulnerability, because this is a lot of people don't want to do this. I've had I have a bunch of people who I know really well who do awesome stuff who they're like, no, I won't do it. And like, I have to respect that. I don't chase people down, but you have to have a certain degree of, you have to be in a place in your career where you can go on and go, I do the best I can. I am not perfect. And I'm okay talking about the best I can in this group. And I realize that it's going to help me learn and it's going to help me reflect and I'm not going to have all the answers and that's okay. And there's only like a couple dozen people who will really listen to this and most of them I'll never see and that's okay. And, but there's still a vulnerability component that goes into recording these. Um, and I have a lot of people who would have been great guests that I just never lined up. I've gotten ghosted by a couple of people who I had lined up. I had recording time and they never showed up. That didn't happen many times, but it happened. Um, and so I just couldn't handle like a year doing that. So the fact that you three will were willing to dive in and make a commitment to do this on a regular basis was then, you know, um, exactly what Lee said, but also this, I really wanted to get to this episode, like getting to five years was something that I had sort of checked as a goal that I wanted to get to this. I felt like I had put in all this work and I kind of wanted to get to that round number. I'm a runner. I like round numbers. I wanted to get to that <laughs> round number. Um, and, and, uh, and so, yeah, it, it was really, it was really great. Um, I want to share Ryan's thoughts cause he, he did share as well, um, that he, his, I think his words were very similar, um, to building off the same idea, you know, he had one lone junior left in his chemistry two class. So once the seniors left, it was just him and this one junior. Um, and so instead of like lecturing and testing and stuff like that, they did a bunch of electrochemistry um, and they just explored and watching him build different electrochemical cells and trying to power his calculator reminded him of why it was to be, what it was like to be a teacher and the pure inquiry and learning that was involved with that electrochemistry. He just, he had a lot of great joy on that finishing the year. And again, sort of that relationship and the science, sort of that combined component. Um, And then personally, also for me, um, I will say that you were my, like this, this podcast was my sanity um, during the year, because like, I, I know that, I don't know how many teachers have said this, but like, I, and you, you three hear me complain about it before every episode. Like every month I was like, <laughs> what is going on? What, what are the, like, why are we state testing? Why are, do we have these rules? Why are we doing this? Like every, every month has been a series of, um, there has been so much to process this year about what yeah. we're being asked. And I don't want to make it sound like we have been asked to do completely unreasonable things all year long. There have been times, but every time you're asked to change what you're doing in the middle of the year, it always feels unreasonable. Even if the ultimately like what you end up doing isn't, you need to process the the change. Every change has a mental fatigue. Every change has a, involves a processing time. And I could not go and sit around with my fellow teachers who I normally commiserate with and go, what the heck are they talking about? How are we going to do this? And that little venting that you normally do in person with those people. So just to, to burn that off, get past it, and then go, okay, now how do we going to actually get this done? And this podcast is the way that I figured out a lot of that. It gave me both the venting time in our many hours of non-recorded time, which will never be see the light of day, uh, <laughs> where we are unguided and recording <laughs> and not recording. Um, but also that that getting past that in order to have that reflective time to say, how do we serve our students? And um, 
yeah, the relationships have been key. And the number of kids who like, I am not a, I am not a big crier. I'm not a big hugger. I, although, you know, I have students who hug me and stuff like that, but I will say that I have been more emotional for every single student. I should say that I'm not, a, I'm not a hugger or crier with my students. Um, it's sort of a boundaries thing in that as, as Lee's like, wait a minute, every time he sees me, he hugs me, but I will hug Lee every time I see <laughs> Lee. But, but with teenagers, I tend not to teen, I need to ton, ton, uh, tend not to hug my teenagers uh, in my building. <laughs> uh, but probably a good, probably a good practice. It's, it's a pretty good policy. <laughs> there are a handful of hug me over the years, but I generally as a rule do not hug my teenagers. Uh, but I, uh, I do, I have had the, the emotional response I've had to students kinds words this year whether they be in emails or cards or thank yous or, um, you know, uh, I have a, I have these uh, two former students who go to Vanderbilt who are now, I guess, in their junior year who um, have me on an email chain that almost like once a month on a Friday, they'll be out doing something normally. Like they were doing this when they left and they would just, I was included in this email chain and they would just email me into their conversation. We're at such and such a place and we're arguing about what boba tea to get. I'm like, why am I on this email chain? <laughs> they just, they just include me in this. And there are two students I had, I had them together. They went to college together and they include me. Well, th- but they've that. kept That's me awesome. on that chain throughout this year and so they're not even together but they're having these same chains and they they will message me and so usually it's like friday night at like 11 30 i'm getting an email from them about something random and they sent me during teacher appreciation week like just so you know we appreciate you like that was it like that was the the message and it was like those type of things have made me feel super appreciated this year in a way um that it didn't have the weight it's ever had before it's always nice but it has a it's had a different weight this year when your students say those things yeah, I was going to say, I, I would agree with you. I got I got a couple of notes this last week from one of the kids that I had that graduated Friday and one that graduated last year that made me sob, like yeah. legit cry. And I usually don't cry <laughs> at things like that. The The kid that just graduated, I've ta- I had the I had the fortune of getting to teach him for three years mm. um, because he took AP as a sophomore and then he took IB biology with me, which was our two, my two year class. So I got to teach him for three years, which is an almost unheard of thing in a core class, right? That's not yeah. band or orchestra or choir. And, and it was just a very simple little message. And he, he gave me this little succulent plant and, mm-hmm. and he's like, I knew that you would like this. And, and I named it for you. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, and I forget what else he said, but just what he said just made me sob. It's <laughs> just like, damn it. Don't make me cry. It's the last day of school. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's just, this year has, I, I, I don't know if it's like the stress of the year or just genuinely feeling, you know, just so much more appreciated by my students than I have felt in years past. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but yeah, the kid, the kids this year have been great. I mean, they really have just been fantastic. And I could not have asked for a better group of students, even though most of them were remote I really could not have asked for a better group of kids because they were just all awesome. You know, they really, really were, you know, 
All right. Well, let's let's move on to the uh, fun and games portion of our our fifth anniversary special, um, which I have uh, I've put together. Um, and before I do this, um, I have I have two apologies. Um, so uh, the trivia game we're going to have is name that lots lops uh, name that lots episode. Uh, and apologies to the fifty plus guests. I I'm not going to mention in this game again. We didn't want to have a three hour episode uh, <laughs> here, so uh, there. And then my second apology is to Tanea because as I put this together. I I realized, oh, this is totally unfair to Tanea because Lee knew all these things. But Tanea, the good news is Lee doesn't remember anything from before five years ago. So, so you might. So she might actually have the advantage. You might have a shot. You might have a can shot I, here. Can I have like notes? Open? Yeah, well, I was. I, can I? Have so like... that was the other question. I was like, are they going to cheat? Because like I do have show notes and I posted up and there's a website. Like I think be scrolling down the episode list. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> I think I like sta- standard pub trivia rules. I, no, I so I don't I don't care if you cheat. You guys are playing against each other. Uh, this is for my entertainment and my entertainment only. And I got to write the quiz, so that was that, that was the fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, and that, so I, I was like, oh, Lee, are you gonna have notes? Me, I have notes. I have no, I, have I don't have the website open. Okay. I got, I got the, I have my question. Okay, I, won't I have my that. question sheet. So we'll see. So the question is, we're going to have our buzzer. So my, my standard on a, a trivia like this is that your name is your, uh, is your buzzer. So you say your name and whoever I, whoever's name I hear first, that's the person who goes in. So um, if you both shout out your name and I hear one of them start earlier, I will say who, who gets to answer. Okay. Uh, Sounds uh, good. Cause I was going to do three of you, but oh, we'll just go with it. All right. So, Question number one, <laughs> name the two separate hosts of the now pod faded horizontal transfer podcast that I had on separate episodes. Lee, Lee what, what is your answer? Lee. Yeah. It's um, David Kanufke and Paul Anderson. David Kanufke and Paul Anderson. Yes. Yeah, so I had uh, David Kanufke on episode seven. And then I revisited with him in episode 78 uh, after he went to Singapore. Uh, and then, yes, Paul Anderson, I had on episode 16. So that was the uh, episode right after uh, right after Lee. Um, uh, so I'm definitely going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know who those two people are, but yeah, that's the thing. Is that some of the, as I said, this is a totally unfair quiz. I, I, there's, there's, a, there's a mental handicap in my in my mind about how many you need to get. Uh, to be a win today, because uh, as I said, Lee knew all these folks <laughs> first, and I thought Ryan would be here uh, to balance this out a little bit. All right, question two: I interviewed this guest before she became the NABT president. Oh darn it! I should oh, know. There's this. several of them though that are she's. Um, I'll guess Lee. Hey, is it Sherry Annie? Yeah, it was Sherry Annie. Uh, so Sherry, it was on episode 27. So funny story about Sherry. Uh, and it's not a funny story about Sherry. It's a funny story about Aaron and how stupid Aaron is. So um, Sherry and I met back in 2011 at a, a biobuilder workshop in at MIT. And so I just met her and she's just like this cool biotech teacher from the Midwest, you know, just like a regular old bio teacher not nearly knowing oh my god look she's done this thing and does it and i start to pull together my show notes and i'm like oh my god how many things has she done <laughs> and then like uh at san diego i'm walking into san diego and i run into her and i'm like oh hey sherry and then i see, notice like a few letters oh wait no she's president elect like she had been president and so she's just sherry who i ran into at a workshop many years before not really knowing you know anything she knows she's like a way big 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 wig and i'm just like reaching out because you know we're just like friends from a workshop kind of thing uh but yeah 
She works at a Jesuit yeah. school, right? Yeah. In in Chicago? Uh, yeah, see, I know her. Indianapolis. I do. Yeah, Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Midwest. It's all the same. <laughs> the square states in the middle. Yeah, the other say it's that, <laughs> you know, that amorphous part of the country. <laughs> but yeah, the, so I, I don't, it's, I had no idea how big a bigwig she was until I interviewed her. All right. Question number three. Uh, the episode after Tanea's. I interviewed this teacher who is widely known for his work on NGSS biology storylining. Wait, wait, can I ask a question? Yeah. Does this teach what did this teacher uh work somewhere in California in Berkeley? No. Okay, I'm I, I got it wrong then in my head. I think I know who it is. All right, you wanna go, Lee? Can I guess? Yep. Is it Jason Crean? It's Jason Crean, yeah. Or Crean or Crean. I don't know how he pronounces it. Who is it. living the life in Orlando these days. Yeah, he's down in Florida, but still doing his yeah. NGSS storyline. I know who you're thinking of. Um, and uh, I almost put him in. Did I put him in? I don't know that I put him in. I'm, I'm cheating forward, Tanea. No, I actually... I, I, no, I, pro I probably don't have the right yeah, name. I think you're thinking of Glenn Wolkenfeld. Um because I also had interviewed him. I think that was right before your episode. Um, that was the episode before you. So oh, okay. I think it was Wokenfeld, then uh, Tanea, and then uh, Jason. Like that was those, that three little series there. Why I remember those things. I don't, and I do not have my show episodes in front of me. If anybody's keeping track of the score, I have zero points. <laughs> Nobody's right keeping track. All right. Question number four. Uh, <laughs> Again, I have in my mind how many episodes you got to get right. Um, you know, this it's pretty. It's getting it's getting low. <laughs> it's like this is like me playing golf against Phil Mickelson. Like I, if I win one hole, you know, it's, it's <laughs> I just got to win one. He's got to Lee just got to shank one into the water. We got to do that. All right. So number four in <laughs> in one of my last interviews before the pandemic, this Colorado-based teacher shared his dream of becoming an astronaut and his work on gender-inclusive biology curriculum. So I think I know who this is. And did he present at NABT as well? Uh, he has presented at NABT. Or did, has he presented? He's presented at NSTA. Has he presented at NABT yet? D does he have a, um, does he have a, um, like a blog? Yeah. He has like a blog? Uh, no, I don't think it's the one that has a blog. Has a website. I wouldn't say has a blog. I think Lee knows who it is. Web I think I might know who it is. All right. Is the website, um, is it gender inclusive biology? Isn't that what it's called? Yep. That is the website. I think, okay. So it's not who I thought it was initially. <laughs> okay. Um, can I guess? Yeah. You both, you, neither one of you have guessed. Is he from California? No. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's Sam Long. Oh, is that from Colorado? No, he's actually from, he's from Canada originally and, and Lee got it. It's Sam Long. So, yeah. Uh, will be presenting, I think, at the upcoming NABT. That's what that's what confused me because I was like, yes, because has put in workshop request, you know, uh, proposal for NABT has presented at NSTI, uh, but not at NABT. Uh, all right, uh, I had this guest um, on, or I, I put out this guest episode back in early 2017, where we discussed her interactive uh, notebooking system. <laughs> <laughs> I can't answer that one. <laughs> I wonder why, why. Why can't you answer that one? 
Lee, tell me why you can't answer that question. <laughs> is that your answer, Tanea? Is it Lee? It is Lee, yes. Ferguson? Yes, that's one for one for Tanea. One for Tanea. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's not fair for me to answer that. <laughs> All right. So here's a question you neither of you may oh, – I don't know that you'll either of you know this, but I've interviewed two teachers who work with me at ABRHS at my high school. Can either of you name – either of the two teachers I've interviewed from my high school. Uh, Paul Strode? Did you work I with Paul Strode? I do not work with Paul Strode. It just oh. seems like that because I follow him around like a puppy dog. But, but you have a really good mentor. <laughs> someone who mentored yeah. you, right? That you work with? Uh, do I have, Are you used to work with? Do I have a mentor who I work with? Who I, uh, I have worked with a mentor, but not that I've had on the podcast. Oh. See, I don't remember their name. Lee, do you no, know? I don't remember their name. Yeah, one of them's my work husband. Yeah, I was going to say, and that's the guy whose name I can't remember. Yeah. Who also teaches AP yep. Bio. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know the yeah, name. Yeah, I didn't think you guys would know this. So, episode... like, I feel like his name is Mike or something, but I can't, no, I can't remember. Mike. So episode one was with Brian Dempsey. Brian, my my Brian is my uh, I would have accepted Brian as an answer. And then on episode twenty four, um, I interviewed Carrie Chartier, who is uh, the anatomy and physiology teacher at my high school, because she had gotten a big, like ten thousand dollar human performance lab grant. Uh, so she actually built a human performance lab in our school with like a treadmill and like uh, she has the ability to test blood lactate level uh, lactate levels and. Uh, she's like tested the cross country runners so cool. and stuff like that. Yeah, she did. it was a super cool project she did. She got a big giant grant for it and was putting that together. Yeah, wow. so uh, very cool project. She's our anatomy and physiology teacher, and she's had students do science fair projects based off of it, and then ran a club um, back before the pandemic. I'd be curious to see how that comes back next year. She had to get like all sorts of permission to to get that to run. It was a very cool project. All right, it's not going to get any easier. Number seven, this guest, <laughs> this guest who has a PhD in biology from Stanford discussed her work as a senior fellow at the Knowles Teacher Initiative and being editor-in-chief of the journal Kaleidoscope. I have it's no Kirsten, idea. It's Kirsten, isn't it? Yeah, Milks? It's, it's Kirsten Milks. Dr. Milks. Kirsten Milks. Oh, I met her yeah, too. Yeah, she's crazy good. She just is like, she's amazing. Um these are all like amazing people. Like I know, like I've yeah, I know. This is what I, I told this to you today before we got oh, on. I was awesome. like, yeah, Kirsten's amazing. I don't know if you've ever uh, read her story, uh, her childhood story that she put out uh, earlier this year. Uh, it was, I guess, about two years ago. Um, she writes a lot about you know meeting kids where they are and based off her own personal experience to talk about like you know like crying, like reading her work. She is such a good writer and such a good storyteller. Um, so much empathy in the work that she does. So uh amazing amazing stuff so that's good all right again another unfair question we're just going to roll out these unfair we're going to get through them about halfway through eight uh in summer 2017 i went to florida for the nabt bscs ap biology teacher academy and i interviewed three teachers on that episode i have also interviewed each of those three on their own episodes can you name any of the three ladies that i interviewed uh back in 2017 summer 2017 No. <laughs> is it Boo. Is it um Chi? She is one is of she them. She one of them? Yeah, she is one of them. She was she was the host of that that NABT. 
Uh, and then Cause I, it was at her school, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at her school. That's how I know Chi. That's how I met Chi. Well, actually, I met Chi before that. But um, I went on her episode. She convinced me I should go to that. And then I went down there. But I had also interviewed Robin Baleri because I knew Robin from some other project from beforehand. Mm. Only, I was well suited to run this podcast. because I knew a lot of these people from various things from before uh, when I started it um, because they do all sorts of stuff. And then I met uh, uh, Val, uh, Valerie May. And Val and I teach like 50 miles away from each other or she teaches 50 miles away from where I live. Um, she's just like dead South of me in Connecticut. Um, and then I hung out with Val and, and Robin in the airport on the way home. And we hung out uh, for uh, several hours waiting for our airplanes uh, to come back. So, uh, and I've interviewed all three of them on separate episodes. Uh, Robin was episode 10. She was episode 14. Val was episode 29 a year later. So there's that. All right. Number nine. Uh, this is, this is the only middle school teacher that I have had on the show and he is a middle school educator from Texas. Oh, and he won an award. He has won an award. Like, um, an evolution based award. Oh, yeah i know who this is <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i think this might be your neighbor like one of your neighbors <laughs> yeah he's literally in the next city from me <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i i know who this is for sure <laughs> it's john i don't i don't i don't know the name but the episode like i don't know it sounds familiar to me yeah so you yeah, said you, it's john mead yeah john mead uh, episode yeah, 42. he's at st mark's yeah school of texas yep I didn't, I didn't put Barry on this one. I didn't put like, I didn't skew, I didn't try to heavy skew it towards Texas, but um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one, this was like, this was a gimme for Lee. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. Another question you may not be able to, you, none of you, you will know the answers to this. In 2019, I released three episodes, which were quilted together interviews around a theme. Can you name any of the three themed episodes I put out in 2019? And it wasn't NABT? Nope, it wasn't an NABT one. These were interviews about a themed topic where I interviewed five or six teachers on a theme. Was Did any of it have to do with the little insects that you use in your nope. class? They were big, broad <laughs> concepts. Lee, do you know what it, these are? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, NGSS. Mm, I have no idea. No. All right. So I'll give this as a, this will be a push one. So uh, episode 67 was called The Value of Homework. Uh, episode 71 mm. is called uh, What is Inquiry? And episode 74, it was called The Value of Tests. So uh, I got a, a broad collection of teachers. And basically what I did is I scheduled interviews with people I had had on previously. And then I asked them the same three questions. And then I quilted those together to make three episodes to be sort of filler spring episodes when I couldn't line people up in spring of 2019. Because at that point, I was having a hard time getting <laughs> people lined up. So I, I did some some bonus episodes that way, and uh, I got them. And they turned out to be, like, if you want to hear from five different teachers about how they what they think of and how they think of homework, it's a really interesting way of, of hearing those perspectives. Um, so a little plug for that. All right, this one, this, you may have a shot at this one. When I interviewed this educator, we went on a long tangent about our love affair of the CDC. Uh, 
I don't know. Was it? Oh, was it? Um, what's his name? <laughs> it's Ryan. Yes. <laughs> Today, that you get that point too. That is uh, <laughs> Ryan Laxon. All right. So you're not being shut out. You don't even have just one point. All right. <laughs> so just because we had that one that you had a shot at, we'll give you one that uh, again uh, it he- has a heavy lee skew. Uh, <laughs> number 12, uh, I interviewed this teacher after he received his Pamst award, but before he was named the Alabama OBTA. You know, that's Reardon. That is absolutely, <laughs> that's yeah. Ryan Reardon. That's, this is like, the other Ryan. Yeah, the other Ryan, Ryan Reardon. This is an unfair question because again, the other Ryan. so uh, I, I will come back and revisit why this is such an unfair question and how I knew this was a Lee an unfair question from the jump, uh, but I'm going to hold that story for a minute. All right. I interviewed this teacher <laughs> before she became an HHMI ambassador and before she became a daily AP biology video star as well. Um, are you talking? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Myself? Yes, yes, this is you. <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just a couple more. Number Lee, you could be stealing these points from me. <laughs> Number 14. Before, yeah, so that was episode 61 with Tanea Hibbler. Uh, number 14, I interviewed this teacher to learn about the computer models he creates and shares freely, but he has also been a repeat guest on many of my mini episodes throughout the years. Is that John? John, Yes. That is Darko. John Darko. Darko? Yes. Darko. Yes, that is John Darko. Absolutely. All right. Number 15. This guest was interviewed mostly because I wanted to hear his views on the hypothesis, but he's returned many times to discuss his gradeless teaching. Oh, that's Paul. That's Paul. Yes. Strode. Paul yeah. Strode. Yeah, Paul Strode. I, I don't know, Lee. Neither of you went your buzzers, and then you both said Strode at the same time. So that one went to a tie. <laughs> Uh, and then our final, our final question, um, not to be a tearjerker, but on episode 36, I was convinced by this teacher that I should become an AP biology reader. And this was a, th- this was a Lee? Ryan specific question, I think, but Lee may know. Uh, is it Todd Ryan? It's not. Todd is one of the teachers I cannot get to be on the, on the podcast. Hmm. But it was Jen Fannerstill. Ah. Uh, so as I said, that was a Ryan specific question because Ryan and and um and Jen mm-hmm. were very tight. Um, Ryan, uh, Jen, yep. uh, Jen passed away. Gosh, it was been three years ago now, huh? Three or four maybe years. Four, ago maybe it is now. four years ago. Because I it was think right. it's four. I think you're right. I think it's I think four. It's four. And it was. I heard right after the read. And as I was going to say, the reason that I know how tight. Uh, Reardon and Lee are is because I remember the night that I heard that Jen had passed away from cancer because it was about a week after the read, maybe maybe two. Um, I was home. I was like a night late night. I had not got my run in, so I had gotten on the treadmill and I started to run, and um, and Knufki called me, and I looked down my phone and Knufki doesn't call me. Like occasionally I'd get a text or I'd get an email, but I would never get a call from John. Um, and I stopped my run and I answered and he told me. And I talked to him briefly for a couple minutes. And then I immediately, I called Reardon um, because we had been together just a few days earlier there. And he was on the phone with Lee. Um, and so it was just one of those moments that I will always, that night is a like a night I will not forget. Just, it was one of those 
um, grieving as a community. It, it was definitely yeah. one of those things where you can find you find out who your community is in grief and how you need to connect with various people and talk and support. And um, I think I was going to Lee was probably next on my list of people to contact at that point. Mm-hmm. But I knowing that Ryan had already called to let her know it was, you know, it was uh, it was a, it was a, a moment. And as I said, I've, I've talked to um, Ryan Laxon about again many times over the years. Um, because fact, I think I'm the one that actually told Reardon because I got a call earlier in the day from Chris Monsoor. Yeah. He's the one that told me and we were actually, my husband and I were actually on our way to Auburn to see his mom. Mm-hmm. And he called me, we had stopped in um, Monroe, mm-hmm. uh, Louisiana, and we were at Starbucks and <laughs> because why they have the cleanest bathrooms. <laughs> and, and I remember that ex- exact moment as we were pulling out of the Starbucks, Chris calls and he says, Hey, you know, I just need you to know that this happened. And I was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And, and my husband's like, is everything okay? Do I need to stop the car? I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. And then I think after I got off the phone with him, I called Ryan yeah. to tell him that I had just heard. And so, yeah, it was a, it was definitely a day that I have not forgotten. Yeah. You know, because it was just, she was such a presence. And, you know, she had such an impact on what we all do. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people who are new to teaching the course don't realize it, but her hand is all over that CED, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, her influence is all over that document. And, and I think that at least I hope that she would be, I think she would be pretty pleased with the way that it turned out. Um, I know that there were some things near the end that, you know, she had some philosophical differences Mm -hmm. with them about, but I think in, in general, I think she would have been okay with, you know, what eventually ended up being in our hands, you know? Yeah. But yeah, she, she was definitely a force, you know, and they broke the mold when they made her, you know, there's, there's not going to be another one like her. Yeah. It is the only episode that I released twice. Um, and again, talking back to sort of, I think the, the I should call this uh, not fifth anniversary, but the relationships matter should be the theme because um, it reminds me of all the relationships because um, I, when I re-released the episode, because I felt like I had to put it out there. I had to do it. And I had just interviewed her, you know, again, six months earlier, like we had talked right after NABT. And I actually think that Ryan Laxon is part of the reason, like he helped me like figure out how to connect with her and and I don't know if he formally introduced me or was just in the vicinity, but sort of helped pave the way for me to introduce myself to her. Um, and so I always strongly affiliate meeting Jen in um, in St. Louis with that NABT in St. Louis and all of the things of that that about that episode um, was came out of there. And then that conversation I had. But before I did, I, I recorded like just a one you know two minute intro just to give it a little context, like I'm re-releasing this episode, you know, uh, you know, Jen has passed away and I recorded it and I recorded it and I kept on like, I, I recorded, I must've recorded 15 versions of it. And after one point I was like, I'm making myself crazy here. And so I saved the little clip and I made the little clip and I texted John Darko 
and said, can you listen to this audio clip and tell me if it sounds okay? Like I have to hear, and somebody else's ears have to hear this before I put it on the episode. I can't even hear myself talk anymore. It doesn't sound like words anymore because I couldn't, I was just so emotional about it. And, you know, he gave me very Mm -hmm. kind words and feedback to say, yes, this is good. You can put this on, but I, I didn't trust myself to do it. I, I didn't want to do it wrong. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was, a. One of those deep moments. So I've decided to take our fifth anniversary celebration and drag it down into the depths of grief and despair to finish this episode. Um, <laughs> Wait, how many how many um, NABT NABT conferences have you both been to? I've been to, I think, all but one since 2010. That sounds right. I think the only one I didn't go to was 2012. Yeah. And I, my first thing, no wait, 2012 was, was in Dallas. I think, no, I did go to that one duck because it was just down the street. I think it was 2011 was the one I didn't go to. Yeah. And so my first one was Providence. So that would have been, was that 2014 or 2015? I want to say that's 14. Yeah. And so I've been to all of them, but no, I've missed. 15 was Cleveland. Yeah. I missed Cleveland and then I missed the Denver one. I missed two since then. I've been to all of those two. Yeah. I went to Denver and then St. Louis for a hot minute. And then. Yeah. Because you were doing Teeks. Because I was at at Cast. Cast. Yeah. Yeah. I was at Cast. And the next one's supposed to be in In Atlanta. Atlanta. Is it going to be in person? Is Is it going to happen? I'm pretty sure it's going to be in person. Yeah. Unless we have some crazy number spike go up. Um, it should be yeah, relatively. The current plan is for it to be in person, and it so. should and it should be relatively safe. You know, you know, if you're vaccinated, um, you know, barring some t- dramatic change to, you know, some public health numbers, um, if you're mm-hmm. a vaccinated person, it should be totally safe for you to go down there, and yep. and, and visit. So uh, I don't know if they're going to do uh, some component they'll be online, because um, there is some benefit to have some digital component. Um, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if they find a way to make a portion of it digital. Um, but yeah, they got the space rented and it's going to be, I mean, I think that should be an option for conferences anyway, as a default, just because, I mean, there's some folks that just simply cannot travel for whatever reason, either because of cost or, you know, you know, time difference or whatever. I mean, I think that, that, that should be the default, Yeah, you know, that there should be some stuff that's available online. You know, you reach more people that way. Yeah. You know, so Uh All right. Well, I, I again, want to appreciate uh, you, you know, you too, and, and Ryan in his absentia, um, understandable absentia tonight, um, uh, for helping me through this year and being part of this episode and uh, several episodes in the past, uh, whether you remember them or not. <laughs> and if, uh, if you're uh, listening to this and you want to give us some feedback, um, we would love to hear your feedback. You can message me or tweet at me um, at Life of the School. Share your thoughts. Um, I will pass them along to the panel. Uh, music on this and every episode is provided by Jake Jenkins and X Magicians. Uh, and you can uh, subscribe to Life of the School on your podcast player of choice. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash lots and you can get show notes. I post them both on my website, uh, lifeofthschool.org and on the Patreon website. But I also, for Patreon's release and early release of all episodes, uh, usually three to five days early. So if you want to get um, early release of those episodes um, and and hear those, uh, sometimes they're a little less edited. So you sometimes get a little uh, bonus nonsense uh, mixed in on those, on those rough cuts. 
<laughs> and again, you can follow us on Twitter at Life is a Skull. So thanks all for joining me, and I will see you soon.